Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified. And this hour is being brought to you by Menards. I tried to say it like George and couldn't get it. Let me try. <clears throat> Menards. That's still not good enough. But you can save big money at Menards. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670, The Score, in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Long rebound, picked up off the floor near the ankles by Thomas, and it eludes him, but Io there to Caruso, and Caruso is sent to the floor by Grayson Allen. In suspended air, Grayson Allen fouls Caruso, and we are way above here in the lower bowl of Milwaukee. And folks, let me tell you, we heard Caruso crashing to the floor, and he is down underneath the rim where the Bulls shoot. A very dangerous play on the part of Grayson Allen. Ray, I just want to just like vibe with some dead press for just a second. Feels good, man. It's a good choice for the one o'clock. Highlights courtesy of the score. Alex Caruso hurts his hand, is out for a significant period of time because of Grayson Allen with a dirty play. Like Grayson Allen is a dirty player. It's there. He is. He's a dirty player. He's also really good. And I think that that's part of the the problem here. It's that you see someone that is clearly hmm. <sighs> let me say this a couple different ways. Grayson Allen, let, let me let me say it the way I would say it if you and I were just sitting around my house. Grayson Allen is in desperate need of an ass whooping. Okay? Like he is. His whole thing, the tripping people, the Dirty plays, the back picks, like all the stuff that he does, the injuring guys, and then walking away with that very punchable smirk on his face. He's in desperate need of a tune-up. You know what I'm saying? Like he needs a tune-up. Now the Bulls have decided that they're not going to tune him up, and that's okay. I, I understand that this is part of my own Neanderthal gene. That I see a guy like that and go, that guy needs a tune-up. And the Bulls don't have to be that team. I'm okay with them not being that team. I want to make that very clear. I don't need the Bulls to go out there headhunting. I'm not saying I'd be mad if they did. But I don't need them to do it. That's not who they are. That's not who they want their personality to be. I'm cool with it. That doesn't mean that you don't have to guard, dude, though. Because... He's out here on flame. Giannis at the point, driving on Thompson. Right side, Allen. And Grayson Allen on fire from three-point land. He has come off the bench. He's three of three. Beyond the arc, he's got nine. And, and they're just using him to step to the open spot. That time Giannis finds him after he gets doubled. Right corner, Grayson Allen for three. And Grayson Allen on fire again in back-to-back games at the United Center Esport in 11 points in 10 minutes. Grayson Allen lowers that left shoulder. Now change direction, dribble drive, forced it up, count it, and a foul on the left block on Green. And Grayson Allen fearless in the paint, Bill. 
That right there, what Chuck said on that call right there, Grayson Allen, fearless in the paint. Grayson Allen is calling out plays now. He's telling the bench, let's call that play where we double screen so that I can get open and shoot threes. The reason why it stinks is because it feels like a guy that is in need of sports justice, and it doesn't feel like justice for him to have back-to-back career highs in the playoffs against the team where he hurt the guy. And we now have learned how important Alex Caruso is to this Bulls team. Apparently, they can't function without him. And and while I'm okay with the Bulls taking a more passive feel on dealing with Grayson Allen and not going out and trying to hurt the young man and clotheslining him, clothesline to hell! I would at least like for the Bulls to guard him. Is it too much to give him a, a real physical defensive presence? Is it too much to ask that someone get up in his shirt? And I get it. The Bulls are pooling their resources to try and stop Giannis. So you're seeing him run into two and three people. I'm going to need the Bulls to get back to the wing because now dude is out here doing a Chris Middleton impersonation. And you have to get into his shirt. You can't have that dude keep banging you for highs. I just want him defended. Is that too much to ask? It's one thing for a guy with an impunity to get get hurt. It's another like, y'all just like, he doesn't even exist. They're playing to him as the villain. The Bucks have been like, oh yeah, we boo him at practice. So the United Center is like, boo! And he's totally used to it. And the Bulls don't seem inclined to do anything about it. Like anything. Ray, I feel like I'm asking for the bare minimum in could you guard him, please? I mean, there's a lot of big defensive assignments in this series for the Bulls, but that guy, you can't let that guy beat you, especially... As we started out the segment, what he did to Alex Caruso, as you're saying, that guy should have a target on his back. If there's one guy you shut down, it should be Grayson Allen because you can't stop Giannis. Stop somebody. Right. Make it that guy. He shouldn't be able to get his thing off. In your house. On back-to-back games. Don't nobody want to guard? Don't no one want to close out on Grayson Allen? He, he is acting with impunity out there. He's not worried. What, what did Chuck say? Fearless in the paint. Fearless behind the arc. The man is playing without fear, and that means that he gets to play with confidence. That's, if you're going to lose tomorrow night, you can lose. If Giannis want to go for a 50 ball, he's the best player in the league. You can't be letting Grayson Allen also have 26 points. Turn your lights out for you. All right, I'm done. I'm done, Ray. I just wanted people to, I wanted to, it, it feels worse because you know that dude is a tool. 
And it's like he's getting away with it. Like, that's the worst part. The stuff he did to Alex Caruso, he's gotten away with it. The stuff that he's doing to the Bulls in this series, he's getting away with it. And he'll be a villain for life for Bulls fans, but he's out here giving you the business. And no one will guard him. Someone please, please. What's the old saying? Find out what type of gum he chews. And and again, I am not advocating violence at all. All I'm saying is defend him. Just a little extra uh, here or there. You're not trying to do what he does, like tripping people and whatnot. Okay. (sighs) Let me get back to some analysis. I was on with Bernstein yesterday. So, you know, I was hanging out with him. And we had Will Purdue on, which was great. I really enjoyed talking with Will. I, I like Will a lot. Um, besides his candy takes, which we'll get to at about 125. But I enjoy his analysis. He does a great job on the NBC Sports Chicago postgame show with, with Jay and Kendall. It's a good group they got over there. Oh, by the way, the latest the latest two episodes of Jay's podcast. I mean, it's quid pro quo. That, that brother will come in here for free and hang out with me. Let me promote his stuff. The last two episodes of Jay's podcast, episodes 93 and 94. If you're a Bulls fan, you have to listen to him. And him and, and Cam Smith talking about how it, it, Grayson Allen's feel was real comfortable on the west side and he wouldn't feel that comfortable on the south side. I hear you, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, Cam. Where the west side at? Grayson Allen feel real comfortable on the west side. Tell him to bring that down to 103rd. See if he won't try that on O Block. I bet he won't. I bet he won't try it on 10 Trey. Any hoozle. I asked Will Purdue. First thing I wanted to know is why are we seeing a, a better Bucks team? I wanted to know what adjustments the Bucks made on the Bulls that allowed them to to go from losing game two to throttling the Bulls in three and four? The adjustment that they made was their ability to start hitting shots. I know it's not that simple, Lawrence. is just about, well, they hit shots and we didn't. What I really like about what Milwaukee has done is their ball movement has been outstanding. Player movement without the ball keeping the defense occupied has been really good. And the shots that the guys are getting – they're wide open. There's not a lot of contested shots that they've taken over the last two games. And to me, that's been the most impressive thing. And it's not like, now you did have that time, I think in the third period of last night's game where Giannis, I think maybe had 12 straight, but it was his ability just to put the ball in the deck and get into the paint and the Bulls not really providing much resistance. And the resistance that they did provide was, touch fouls for three-point plays and sending them to the free-throw line. So that's another aspect of this team that needs to improve is the physicality and the mentality and the toughness of which they play with. The open looks that Will is talking about plays into what I'm talking about with Grayson Allen, where that kick pass is going outside and he's got time to gather, look at his feet, and get a shot up. And I understand why that is. I understand that you're – 
trying desperately to not have Giannis completely take over the game. You don't you don't have anyone that can defend a one-on-one, and no one does. So you're double and triple teaming him. But that means that the recovery out to the wing or to, to the top of the key, guys have got to be quicker. They've got to recognize when the ball is coming out, and they've got to get two shooters. And specifically, with Grayson Allen, they got to defend him hard. People on Twitch know what I'm talking about. Yeah, nothing violent. Just, you know, a little, just defend him. Like, play good defense. Sure, if if if, if he's, if you got a screen roll situation too, yeah. It's all right to maybe one moving screen. Let's see if the refs call it. Who knows? Anyway. The other thing that I wanted to know from Will, I'm trying desperately to get the Bulls a win in game five. I don't know how they're going to get one. So I asked Will, how could they get one? That's the million-dollar question. I know! During the game last night, we were sitting around talking about it. We're watching, and you talk about, okay, let's build a wall and keep Giannis from getting into the paint. Okay, we've had four games now, and that's not going to happen, so let's remove that from the list. Okay, maybe we shouldn't double Giannis and guard everybody else so that Grayson Allen and Connaughton and Bobby Portis and these guys aren't knocking down open threes. And then maybe much like we used to do with the Bulls until, you know, we really got going with the triangle offense, let Giannis score 60. Hopefully the efficiency aspect of the Bulls is really well and we're hitting shots. Does that give us our best opportunity to win? I'm I'm starting to wonder maybe it does because the other guys for – Milwaukee now are very confident. They're shooting the ball very well, and you fully expect them to shoot the ball even better at the five-serve forum on Wednesday. The efficiency takes a huge hit if Zach Levine is not available to play. The latest information on Zach Levine is that he is in the NBA's health and safety protocol. He is officially questionable for Game 5, but Billy Donovan told the assembled press that Zach's not feeling well. And that would make me believe that him, if if it is COVID, him testing negative before tomorrow's game is very unlikely. Not impossible, but very unlikely. So, yeah, man. I haven't talked about the White Sox enough on today's show. I got a couple minutes here. I can do some of that. I threw this out to Dan earlier. Again, we're striving for hope. Down with dope and up with hope. The White Sox have lost seven games in a row. There's a lot of bad that's going on with the White Sox. If you were drawing it up, Dallas Keuchel would not be the guy that you would want starting for the White Sox tonight against Kansas City. But there's a couple of news and notes that you need to know. One, Kansas City's not very good. Okay? Their offense in particular is not very good. Number two, the guy that's pitching tonight for Kansas City is Daniel Lynch. Want some hope? Okay, he's left-handed. Unlike Ryan Buckfitch, he's left-handed. So that's good because we know that this White Sox team mashes against left-handers. And it kind of doesn't even matter who's in the lineup 
unless it's T.A. If T.A. is in the lineup against a lefty, usually the White Sox are going to mash. There's actual history of them mashing against Daniel Lynch. This made me happy when I started to go look at the splits and his game logs. So I, I went and I looked at the, the splits first. And I was like, oh, well, the White Sox have beaten this young man up. And then I said, well, let me look at the individual games that the three, the, the three games that he started against the White Sox. So here's the cumulative numbers on Daniel Lynch. He'll start for Kansas City tonight. Against the White Sox, the White Sox have seen him three times. They've gotten 16 hits, 15 runs, four home runs. Their slash line against Daniel Lynch, 410, 479, 821 for 1,300 OPS. So now let me look at the starts. He got rocked in May against the White Sox last year. Two-thirds of an innings pitched, seven hits, eight earned runs. So that'll skyrocket your ERA against the team. Then in August, when they, they faced him, he pitched pretty well. Five innings, four hits, seven strikeouts on the White Sox, one earned run. And then they saw him in September, and they rocked him again. Two and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, six earned runs. So if you're looking at the White Sox tonight and you're saying, okay, they desperately need a win, and you were upset because Dallas Keuchel is on the mound Realize that there is a good matchup for the White Sox on the mound for Kansas City. And I guess it's a race to which one of them can be more effective and for how long. Dallas's last start, not, not ideal, not ideal against Cleveland. As much as I'm not a Dallas fan, a lot of that wasn't on him. And I know that he ended up with eight earned runs, but you can imagine what happens to a pitcher that doesn't have overpowering stuff when the defense behind him completely falls apart. And from the word go, that game was over in the second inning. From the word go, the White Sox looked like they were not interested in playing the first part of that doubleheader. And Dallas had to wear it. Like, he had to wear it. He also wasn't good, but I understand why he wasn't good, if that makes any sense. Like, I get it. I I get how you could be rattled. When you're like, oh, there was a ground. Nope, that's a runner on first. Oh, we're just going to throw the ball all the way around the yard. We're going to do that. It's very rare that I give Dallas some dispensation, but I will in that that looked like a game where his teammates are, they look like nine drunk people playing baseball. The White Sox in that first game against Cleveland looked like when you do the game with the wiffle ball bat and then you spin around and then you try to hit something or in this case field something, that's what they look like. Shotgun to beer. Did the spin around on the wiffle ball bat, and then Cleveland hit balls to them, and they couldn't pick them up or throw them properly. So hopefully, against a lineup that's not great, has some potential landmines in it, but isn't great, hopefully we are calling Dallas-Dallas tomorrow and not Fourth Worth or Amarillo 
for El Paso. Hopefully that is the case. Hopefully he can be Dallas tomorrow instead of Lubbock, Odessa. You, you understand what I'm doing here. But if you wanted a little bit of hope on why the White Sox could find themselves winning tonight's game and breaking their seven-game losing streak, I've given it to you. I've done my good deed for the day. When we come back, Will Purdue, well, I'll explain. But we've got a top five. And the top five is my top five candy bars. I'll share that list with you and explain how Will Purdue is the reason for this top five next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Five, one, two, three, four, five. Top five Tuesdays on The Lawrence Holmes Show. But since the day is Tuesday, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Top five Tuesdays. I've only seen a couple, but that's definitely top five. Is it Tuesday? Can't you ask me an intelligent question? Is this the Lawrence Holmes show? You're Then it's top five Tuesdays on the Lawrence Holmes show. Got it? Good. That's right. On Tuesdays, we do top five. And yesterday, I was on with Dan Bernstein, and we had Will Purdue on. And just kind of out of nowhere, he kind of asked us like, what are, what the best candy bar is. And then I gave my answer, and he he was like offended. It was weird. That was really strange. And then he's he was like, Butterfinger is the only answer. He didn't say that, but that's kind of how it came across. So I was like, I'll do top five candy bars. Oh, by the way, the bottom of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified. Oh, one more thing. In that last segment when I was talking about the White Sox and the two pitchers that are on the mound tonight, Texas are like, so are you saying take the over tonight? So I went and looked on FanDuel. The over-under is eight and a half. Do with that what you will. Just know that the pitch that the Royals have has been beaten up by the White Sox lineup and Dallas Keuchel is Dallas Keuchel. Eight and a half is the number on FanDuel right now. Any hoozle. So I thought that I would do my top five candy bars. Now, a couple of disclaimers. This is candy bars. This isn't candy. We've done top five candy. So since it's candy bars, there's no M&Ms on here. There's no Skittles. There's no trolleys. None of that stuff comes into play. And and I had to make a, a take a hard stance against Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Those are not chocolate bars. They're peanut butter cups. So this is my top five candy bars. Number five. Where have all the cookies gone? Into Hershey's Cookies and Cream. A mouthful of cookies in every bite. Hershey's Cookies and Cream. It's a, a candy bar that I don't go seek out, but every time I get it, I'm like, man, this is damn good. I should have a Hershey's Cookies and Cream more often. It's delicious. It's another one of those candy bars that I like slightly chilled. I don't. This is not completely in the freezer, but definitely in the refrigerator for the Hershey's Cookies and Cream. It comes in at number five. Number four. What was Homer like before he broke his jaw? Well, he would eat all the time. 
We'd be making love, and he'd have a mouth full of Hershey's miniatures. <laughs> Crackle was my favorite. <laughs> yes! Crackle! I went back and forth with the people on Twitter yesterday. The old Nestle Crunch Bar probably would have taken the place, but I never turned down a Crackle. I was at my parents' house a couple weeks ago, and my mom had like a big old bag that she was doing for Easter. She had the Hershey's miniature, and I went in and took every crackle out of there. It's a great bar for me. Some rice puffs and some good chocolate. Man, Hershey's is getting a lot of love in this segment, huh? I mean, I do really like Hershey's. So, yeah, man, crackle. That's a quality. The thing is, you can't really find a crackle bar. It's rare to find the crackle bar. So you have to kind of live in this space, and unless you run into it, like, you end up in, like, for me, it's if I go to, like, some sort of, like, Will County gas station, like, oh, they got a full Crackle bar. Give me that. You know, Crackle seems to be, Lawrence, the underground king of this this list or of the candy bar world because even with this fun segment here where we get to, like, kind of listen and look at old old school commercials and things like that, no Crackle commercials up on YouTube. Yeah, man, you know? it, it's, it's, it's definitely a deep cut candy bar. Most people would go with the Crunch Bar. And I understand if you go with the Crunch Bar. Used to be local. Crackle is the king, though. Number three. Twix puts the dig in your gig. It puts the boom into your beat. Puts the rhythm in your feet. Keeps you rocking along. Puts the soul into your song. Come on, man. It's got chocolate, it's got a cookie, and it's got caramel. You can't beat Twix. When I was putting the list together, I was thinking about what candy would you want someone to hand you? You've never been upset if someone gave you a full Twix bar. You've been like, thank you. That is very thoughtful. I'm going to enjoy this Twix bar and then wonder why there's not more of it. Because it's that damn good. So Twix finds itself on the list at number three. Number two. Hershey. Man, in the late 80s and early 90s, they were definitely going for a particular audience in the candy business. An original Hershey's bar. Fam. I don't know how you eat it. I don't know if you bite into it or if you break off the little pieces. But it's so good. It's just delicious. Just delicious. Another one of those things someone hands it to you and you're like, thank you. It's very thoughtful. Not the one with almonds, not the dark bar, original milk chocolate Hershey's bar. You cannot beat it. 
that was the one for me, Lawrence. That that would be my number one. You know, that's what got me hooked on the chocolate candy game right there when I was a kid. Just that original Hershey's chocolate. It's all you bar. need. It's all you need. You can even, if you want, you can melt it down, have some fun with it. Make yourself some peanut butter crackers, melt down a Hershey's bar, drip the chocolate over that. That's living right there. That leaves one spot open. Number one. It's the one on your mind. It's the one of a kind. A Milky Way bar wherever you are. Real milk chocolate. Chewy caramel. Luscious nougat. So wherever you're going, you're never out growing. Your love for the taste of a Milky Way at work, rest or play. Milky Way, Milky Way. Milky Way is my number one. Now, I have to put an asterisk on this. If I didn't have Crohn's, my list would look different. Snickers would easily be the number one. Even though I haven't had it in years, it is still my favorite. But I can't have it because it might kill me. Same thing with Baby Ruth's. Baby Ruth, man, my mouth's watering thinking about it right now. But I can't have it because, you know, the peanuts in it, I'd have to chew them one by one, and that's not how you eat a candy bar. So if you're going, why is the Snickers on the list? That's why. And I will tell you, was no way that Almond Joy and Mounds was getting on the list. I don't like them at all. And you know what Will Purdue can do with his butterfinger? He can shine it up real good. Turn that song bitch sideways. I mean, you know the rest. So that's my list. I have another question while we're in the middle of this. Is a person who doesn't disconnect a Kit Kat a sociopath? If the person takes the Kit Kat, unwraps the Kit Kat, and then immediately bites into the Kit Kat, is that person a sociopath? Ray? Now, personally, I'm not going to judge somebody as a say they're a sociopath. <laughs> if they do that, it's not my method. It's not my preferred method. I just think, <laughs> wow. Now, this is a big Kit Kat fan right here. You know, I like to t- break them up, kind of savor them. You know, say, yeah. you know, have one, have one or two now, save the other two for like a human being. Right. <laughs> have you ever seen? I think Tanny eats his like that. I have not seen him eat I, one yet. I think Tanny is, is a, is a bite into the Kit Kat guy. Well, that man really likes Kit Kats. Yeah. Hey, I, I get it. Like you open it up and you're like, oh, especially like on a, like a warm day. Like you want to just get to it. Maybe you don't want your, your hands to get messy. You just bite into it while it's in the wrapper. But come on. If you saw someone do that, you can't tell me you wouldn't give them the side eye. I would. I would. Someone also asked on the text line, what's the difference between caramel and caramel? Caramel is an actual food and caramel is a city in Indiana or California. 
We somehow just say caramel, but it's actually caramel. There's an extra A in that word. But we've we've distilled it down to caramel. Like when you go to McDonald's, you're not we always say caramel Sunday, but it's a caramel Sunday. FYI. So yes, that's the difference between caramel and caramel. One is a city and one is a food product. I got a couple more things I want to say about the Bulls. We will do that next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I'm looking forward to, to, to tomorrow's game because hopefully it'll, it'll show us one of two things. It'll either show us that the Bulls would like to fight to stay in this thing or that the season is over and we can really start giving evaluations of what the Bulls do and what they need. Because I think there are a lot of needs and I'm I'm not sure that they're going to be able to figure it out. I would... I know that I keep saying this going into games. And game two was the only one where it happened. I really need to see Patrick Williams take what is now an opportunity with Zach Levine likely out of the game. You don't have to worry about Zach's 20 shots a game. You probably will have to defer to DeMar because DeMar going to shoot like 45 times tomorrow. But there should be enough offense for you in the game. Go do your thing tomorrow. Go attack. Let's see the guy that we saw in game two, but magnified. Don't worry about fearing the deer. They're the better team, and they were always the better team. But you got an opportunity to put up a fight tomorrow. And specifically, you, Patrick Williams, have an opportunity to show that you can be the future of this team. The idea is, instead of looking for a superstar you have to pay a bunch of money to, you hopefully have one on a rookie contract. But you're going to need to show that, and tomorrow would be a wonderful wonderful time to show that you've got that potential here's hoping because that's all we got left i'll talk with matt spiegel next here on the score